guys, I, I'm so privileged to be here, and I'm so privileged actually by, by the choice that uh, uh, Pastor Noel did at the beginning of the year. He shared with me that we're going to go and uh, we will study John, First John. And it was a journey, wasn't it? Is it the last one? From John, so, so I'm going to finish. I'm going to close with with uh, the story of John. We we're going to go. If you have your Bible, to chapter five, First John, chapter five. See, I'm all around the place today. So I'm praying on, in tongues. You know, I'm praying. I need Holy Spirit all the time. Uh, I was thinking how to preach like Jesus. You know, because uh, people can come to you and can, they can say, oh, you kind of flow well, or, or it kind of like, oh, we, we heard, or was, it was good, or stuff like this. But I think the more you preach, and uh, the, the longer you preach, and I think Noel, Noel, Noel can agree with me, you, you, it's not about, like, for you, it's just to kind of uh, use nice vocabulary and uh, uh, sound smart. We want to become more like Jesus. You know, and, and he, he preached the way that people never, never heard of. And he, when he was preaching, he was touching people's hearts and they were changing for all their lives. So that's amazing. And so he was actually influenced people in such a way like no one ever before. It was a divine influence. And I was thinking how to preach like Jesus. And there's only one way to preach like Jesus, to spend time with Jesus. There's only one way to be like Jesus, to abide in Him. There's no shortcuts. Uh, who was at the conference two weeks ago, a weekend away? I want to see. Raise your hands, raise your hands. Who got blessed? Who was blessed? Any blessed people? Who, who got encouraged? Who, who got pumped up? How are you today? Are you still or... How, how is it now? Are you still pumped up after this? I, I was just thinking about, you know, conferences. They are amazing. Movement and stuff like this. God spoke to me two years ago, uh, two years ago uh, during the conferences so much. But uh, what, I, what came to me, uh, consistency, is just so important for our life. You, you will not run a marathon if you, if you run once a month. It's about even running five minutes per day, but it's about consistency. Uh, you, you, you won't have enough water in your system if you drink once a week, yeah? Five liters of water. You know, you, it's better for you to drink even a little bit every three, four hours. And, and uh, sometimes there's this danger in our times that we, we buy them tickets to uh, motivational speakers and we want to get pumped up. And actually, Christian World, they, they do something similar. They buy expensive tickets to conferences and they want to get encouraged just for a while and, and, and pumped up. And it's good. I, I say it's good. But I think John was speaking about it all the time, all the time, and he was saying, abide in him, abide in him. And in this season, what God teaches me, uh, maybe sometimes it's, everything is not so exciting and you are not so excited, but it's about day after day after day after day being consistent with God, being consistent with God. That's why Jesus in uh, chapter 15 was saying, abide in me. As I abide in my Father, abide, grow in me, spend time with me every single day. I told you I'm going to tangle myself in this one. Spend time with me every single day. So John, why do I like, like John so much? Why do I like that we could learn from John? We could learn from uh, uh, these, these, uh, uh, these uh, verses. Because John is now, when he speaks to us, he's now an old person. He's an experienced person and if we look at a uh, gospel, he was very young. In the gospels he was very young. He was one of the youngest or maybe the youngest uh, a disciple of Jesus. He was the son of thunder. Yes, the son of 
thunder. He was the guy who was full of passion, but he also uh, spoke first before he fought, maybe. And he said, like, I want to bring fire. I want to bring fire on this city uh, or those cities because they didn't uh, obey or they didn't uh, welcome us. He's the guy who would uh, 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 come to Jesus and ask him, I want to be on your side in the kingdom of heaven i want this so he was like this he was full of energy he was uh, passionate but then he went through life he went through tests he he went through things through circumstances experience and now he speaks to us as an older man almost at the end of his journey and what I, what I really like, Noel told me I'm getting older, but I, I, I rebuke it. It's, I <laughs> it. it's like in spirit, I'm still getting younger. I, I believe it. But, but we spoke with Noel and, and I said to Noel, now I don't want to listen to young preachers anymore. I mean, this time I don't want to listen to young preachers. And I, actually, I want to be around older people. And uh, Noel said, oh, you're getting older. I, I think I'm... I'm getting wiser because now I, I see I don't want to take advice from people who are just stars for three minutes. I don't want to take advice. I want to, I can be encouraged by you. That's for the young people. I can be encouraged by you and I can actually be inspired by your passion. But I don't want to take advice, and maybe you agree with me, from someone about marriage if you were married one year. I, I can admire your passion, but I don't want you to advise me. Sorry. You know, when you go through 30 years, you can start advising me. When you go through some crisis, some things, you start advising me. If you were married half a year and you come into me and you're telling me how to be married, I don't want to take advice from you. I don't, I don't want to take advice from you about how to raise children. If your children are one years old, one and two years old, I still don't, like, I can be encouraged, I can take some wisdom from you, but I want to learn from people whose kids have kids, and they have a family of saved people sitting at the table, uh, talking together, they are all saved, oh, I want to take advice from you. Do, you. do you get me? I can be inspired by young people, but I want to get advices from old people, old warriors, old warriors. And John is in this place where he is old and he went through things, he went through stuff. And now he's teaching us. He's teaching us and he's telling us, children, he keeps telling little children, little children, love, abide, be with one another, love one another, be with God you know, little children. And, and I am inspired by, by uh, like, do we have any lions, lions in our church who went through things, you went through things, and you are still here, and you are still of passion, full of passion, and you're still roaring? Do we have any lions who went through things? Come on, guys. Let's give them a clap. Yeah, we have some... We have some lions in here. You went through things and you are still passionate about God. And I want to learn from you. I was actually, I had a dream about David. And we need to meet for coffee. And I want to learn from people like David who went through things. And he's here encouraged and encouraging others. This is what we young people, still young people, yeah? We young people, we want to learn you, learn from you. You know, Pat and Terry, it was an amazing time in Romania to see this, I can say, older lion full of passion getting up every single morning at half past two. I thought I'm getting up early. Half past two, three o'clock a.m. and spending time with God. And spending time with God. This is the people I want to be around. I want to be encouraged by those people. And I want to be of course encouraged by passion of young people there's nothing wrong about that so John he's older now and he speaks to us and uh, uh, every two weeks we meet now in our house and we actually are going through John and uh, we have a little bit more time in there so we have a time to go deeper 
and we spend a little bit more time on verses. But I decided today I'm just going to summarize some things. I'm not going to go deep and uh, try to explain every single verse to you. Actually, uh, chapter 5 will belong to Eric, so Eric will do it. So if you want to really go deep and, uh, and go through each and every single verse, I want to encourage you to come to our group. It's every Saturday, I think, half past six. And, uh, and we just studying actually what uh, uh, God told Pastor Noel to study at the beginning of this year. So we're going to do it during the group. But today I just want to summarize a few things and maybe extract a story. Maybe extract a story. I love stories. And uh, when I preach, I, I really love to tell stories. So, so this is what we're going to do. So uh, let's just open and start with verse 4. And we will read to ver verse 13. And it's a good word, but thanks. Uh, uh, first, I will ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just reveal this word to us. Just speak to us. Even if I don't know what to preach today, your word is enough. And I, I am well, well aware of it, that your word is enough. That I don't need to use a smart talking or big words. Your word is enough, and your word is powerful. And even if we just read your word, it's enough us to grow because your word makes our make our faith grow make us grow so now i just want to ask you holy spirit you 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 fill us up you open our hearts to receive the word for this word to bring fruit implant the word implant the word in our hearts right now because it's a powerful word we're going to read in the name of jesus we pray amen so let's start. It's John 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Yeah, that's New King James Version. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Think about it. Think about it. And that is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Very simple words, but very powerful. I want to encourage you to digest them at home, to read them at home again. And this is He who come, came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. And look at this and uh, just note it in your head, not only by water, but by water and blood. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And today we'll think about it. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three, these three agrees as one. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. You have a witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him who? A liar. Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. You have eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in my name, in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life. Not will have you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Huh. Thank you God. We have eternal life. So what I want to extract today, I want to look at John and his journey a little bit. And I want to 
look at this one verse and we'll go through, I will summarize them all and give you some points. But first I want to focus on this one verse and this is about Jesus and it's verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And we know that water symbolizes baptism, yeah? Dying for yourself, baptism of, of water. But John speaks that he went not only by water, but by water and blood. And when I was studying this, it came to me, it takes more than you think. And this is the, the topic, this is the theme of, the, of, the, of today, and maybe it won't be... Uh, it, it will be hard for some, some of you today to listen to this message, but it takes actually more than you think to fulfill God's destiny. Someone asked the uh, wife of Martin Luther King, T.D. Jakes asked her actually, and he asked her, what did it take to be his wife? And she looked at him and she said, darling, it took everything. It cost everything to be his wife. And actually, if you ever heard me speaking, you know that I am obsessed about destiny. I, I am obsessed about fulfilling God's destiny, fulfilling what God, uh, why God puts you on this earth. Actually, my wife told me yesterday, I, I, li I like this uh, parable. She said, uh, like, what if, if we can compare word to the movie? And uh, you know, you have the evil one, yeah? You have the evil, and the main actor is who? Of the movie, if we compare the universe to, to the movie and the history of the world to the movie, who's the main actor? Jesus. So the main actor is Jesus. But you are actors also. You need to take a part of your role. But some of us, we don't want to. What if we could compare the world to the to the huge building and the constructor architect is God and Jesus but we need to build we need to build the construction and that's why I'm obsessed about it and so, so often I'm thinking about it God if I have a little bit I don't have too many fears in my life but if I have a fear in my life is to die not fulfilling what God planned for me I don't want to see when I die uh, a big blueprint of my life when God could say, you could do it. I gave you everything you needed. I have you, gave you the power. I gave you the power of the word. I gave you the power of the spirit. You had ability to touch more people. You had ability to feed more people. You had ability to love more your people and you were just lazy. So, so this is something that really speaks to me and uh, but when I go into this topic, I realize that great people, greatness, greatness like Jesus, Jesus brought greatness into our world. It requires everything. Greatness, if you ask me what, how hard it is to, to fulfill what God exactly has for you, it just requires everything. It requires you. And we'll talk about it a little bit today. But... It is actually harder than you think to fulfill exactly what God planned for you. However, you need to remember you're never alone. And God gave you help, we will talk about, that will empower you to fulfill. It is, it takes blood, but it's possible. It's possible, so don't get discouraged, don't get discouraged. Hey, we don't have uh, the lion, no? The lion photo. Do we? Can we show the lion? Yeah, that's the lion. I like the lion. I was looking at the lion. I was trying to find a lion with blood. I, I couldn't find it for free, to download it for free. This one was for free, but you can see, you can see some uh, scar tissues. You can see that the lion went through things. And you can learn from this lion. You know, and so many of us, when we think about the lion, we think about Jesus from Judah, from the tribe of Judah. But for me, the lion is this person like John also, who went through things. And he can, she can teach you things. She can teach you things. But you can see that there's a scar tissue there. And it just takes a lot. 
it uh, just takes pain. So let's go to, let's look at John when he was young. Do you like to do it? Would you like to do it? Let's look at John when he was young because he wasn't old straight away. Do you know that you are not born old? You're getting old. And I hope as you're getting old, you are getting wise. Wise and more mature. So if Noel tells me I'm getting old, I hope he means I'm getting a little bit wiser. Just a little bit. So let's look at John. Uh, we will look at John from first from perspective of Mark. So let's go to Mark. Mark writes about John. Mark 10, 35. And I know some of you probably know the scriptures very well. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Then James and John came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do us whatever we ask. We have a request, teacher. Remember, they are very young. They are still young, passionate guys, but very young. So Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. Isn't it amazing that young people, they want glory? Our generation of young people, we want glory very fast. Be aware of people who, who promise you glory very fast, who promise you success very fast. Be aware of those people. You will see a lot of those people online. Are you tired of this 8 to 5 work? I can give you an idea how to work two hours a week and you're going to be so happy wasting your life. Be aware of people who tell you that it doesn't take hard work. Be aware. So these are two disciples and they want what? Glory. They want fame. Our young people today, we, they, they, they are raised on uh, Instagram and so many things and they just want fame straight away. I know that loads of them, they just think and, and imagine this one thing, I want to be famous. I want glory, I, I want a part of glory. So in that times, young people, there was no Instagram, you know? There was no mobile phones, but there was still power, there was still influence, and there was still glory. They were famous people in that time. They were people who were admired, and we see here that John and James, they want a fast ticket to glory. We are with you, Jesus, and we want to sit next to you, can you give it to us? And Jesus says, But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Jesus tells them, You want glory. You want fame, but you don't know how much it costs. Are you able to drink the cup are you able to go through the same things I'm going to go in order to become great? Jesus became greatness. He became the ultimate greatness. But I'm talking also about different type of greatness. We had great people and we have great people around us. Are you able to go? It takes pain. It takes blood. It takes baptism of blood. Are you, are you willing and able to drink the same cup I'm drinking. And it's amazing what they're saying. <laughs> they are still young, very young people. And what are they saying together? They said to him, we are able. Oh, yes, we are able. We can do it. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed. You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. Hmm. And with the baptism I'm baptized, you will be baptized. What we can see in this story is young, J uh, young, young James, but not only young James, young John. He wants glory, like our generation. We want fast glory. We, we so often want to get rich fast. We want to get famous fast. We want to be very smart fast. We want to be great businessmen, great managers, great influencers. Greatness doesn't come so easy. And Jesus is saying it requires a little bit more 
than just baptism of water. This is what John is saying. It requires also baptism of blood. So then we can see that there's a journey. There's a journey, and John is going for a journey. And uh, he, he goes through so many things. And then suddenly he appears. And let's go to John, actually. John will write about it. Because Jesus said, hey, you will go through some things. You will go through tests. You will go through some things. Let's go to James, to John, actually, 23. Yeah, so it's John, the Gospel of John. Actually, 20, uh, we, we can take first 1925. I have it in my Bible, go to John 23, so we're still not going there. First, 1925. So John, Gospel of John, 1925. They wanted glory, they wanted to be next to Jesus. They wanted to sit next to Jesus in the kingdom of God and now they appear where? At the cross. What's amazing, actually we don't see too many of his disciples at the cross. I don't see Peter at the cross but we see John. So there was this love. There was this young, passionate love in Jesus, in uh, John that I admire. And, and he stands there. Now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, Mary Magdalene, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I first... Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled the sponge with sour wine, put it on a hyssop and put it into his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He died. Can you imagine the situation? They wanted Jesus' glory so fast. They thought actually they had totally different imaginations. Sometimes our idea of success is totally different than idea that God has for us. Sometimes what we in our times perceive as success is not a success. What we admire on TV is not a success. Sometimes people will never hear about, at least on this earth, while living on this earth, they are indeed successful and no one hears about them. Sometimes success, God's success, looks totally different than what media feeds us. And they probably thought that Jesus will come in power straight away and take the kingdom of Israel and, and kick out the Roman Empire, then abolish and, and there, will, there will be a revolution and he's going to be a king, a powerful king, and they're going to be on his side powerful, full of power, influence, in nice clothes. And here he is at the cross. And here it is, the history of the world. You know, Jesus on the cross, looking at his mom. Can you imagine the agony of his mother? Looking at his child dying. Can you imagine John Thinking maybe, maybe there's a, there's a memory backing up, well, thinking about a few weeks ago how he came with James and Jesus, can we be on your side? Can we be on your side? You could be on his side now at the cross, on the cross. This is what you asked for? <laughs> he was not ready. There was a test. What I'm trying to say is in our lives when we are going through to the purpose, there will be always a process. And so often we want purpose straight away without a process. And it happens everywhere in our life. It's amazing what Romina today, she could share. She could share. It's, it's a process. The baby, the child, the daughter, 
didn't come to Christ straight away. As she was saying, they were just marching and marching and marching in this process, crying maybe at night, sleepless nights, praying, praying. It's a process, praying, praying, and suddenly, yes, <laughs> the walls are broken. The walls are broken. We need to know that following God takes also blood. And I know maybe it's not so popular especially in our times when uh, most of preachers, at least uh, you know, uh, TV preachers, they only preach about blessing. And blessing is a big part of, of, of our inheritance. But talk with older people. This is for young people now. Or this is for middle-aged people, middle-aged lions, young lions. Talk with old lions. Talk with old lions who are still here. And they will tell you it's a process. It takes everything. But it's good. Because you are in God's hands. And, and God actually making something beautiful out of you. Beautiful out of you. He's not putting all this stuff on you. This is what I'm repeating so often. But he allows some stuff to happen. And then you grow. So this is John now. <laughs> in a process. At the cross. Seeing his master bleeding. When actually one of the soldiers, he, 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 he poked him with a spear, then we can see that what? Water and blood came out of Jesus. Water and blood. There's something symbolic about it. But it takes more than you think. It takes blood. And what do you do? <laughs> That's the question now. What do you do when you go through tests? What do you do when you go through process? What do you do when, when you go through, through a situation you didn't expect? You expected something more. You expected something bigger. You expected that it will happen in a different way. And it happened this way. What do you do? What did John do when Jesus was crucified? What do we do? What do we do? I'm, I want to go to... I, I wrote it here. It's kind of clever. Go to John 23. And then you, then, then you won't lose your, your way when you preach. It's, it's an advice. If you, if you want to preach, it's good to put the notes and go there. Go there. So go to John 23. 20 and 3. John, Gospel of John 20 and verse 3. 20 and 3. I'm sorry for confusing you. 20, verse 3. Are we there? <laughs> 23. Now Jesus died. And he's been raised from the dead. And he's not in the grave anymore. <laughs> and Peter therefore went out. And the other disciple, the other disciple is who? John. And we're going to the tomb. And so they, they met Maria Magdalene before, I just want to tell you. And the, the girls, they already know, they, they knew that Jesus is actually not there. And look at this, four. So they both run together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. They run. And John outran Peter. What do you do when you go through tests? You're still moving forward. You're still moving forward. You're running. I actually heard so many good preachings about running after destiny. I've heard some really good preaching, but it's so true. Even when you're going through a test, even when you're going through a hard time, even when you thought that what you will see, it's a little bit different from reality you see. You run after your destiny. He didn't give up. He's still young. He runs. If you are young, don't waste your time. Hey, young people, you don't waste your time. You run after your destiny. You run after what God prepared for you. Run. Don't just walk. You run. But if you are older, you can walk. But move forward. Move forward. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't think that what God gave you till now, it's over. If it was over, you were dead. You would be dead. <laughs> 
but it's not over. God has so much more for you. And I want to break this, this lie because I know in our society there's this lie when you turn 40 or 50, there's this middle age crisis and people are going depressed. It's a lie. Actually, 40, 50, 60 is the best time you can have. Why? Because you have wisdom you need and strength is still in you. And then you can run after your destiny. Run what God has for you. So, so, so this is what John did, and this is where we see John. John now teaching us. But don't get surprised. John had to go through things. Don't get discouraged that you are going through stuff. I think Pastor Noah was showing that John was actually put into the oil, boiling oil, to be killed, and he survived it. Whew. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't exactly know do I want John's destiny but I want what, what God has for me I wouldn't like to be put in uh, boiling oil no no. I'm still going to run after my destiny will you? we'll run after our destiny hey so I'm going to give you uh, at the end I want to give you 7 points for you to take home so you can if you know it you can write them down and these 7 points I d uh, extracted from actually again we can go to uh Chapter 5 of John. Chapter 5 of John 4, four to till 13. And the question is how, how to fulfill God's destiny? And easy, I know I ask this question so much, but how to do what God designed you to do because He actually planted you, He designed you, He created you with purpose and you can believe it or no he created you with purpose he drew a blueprint for your life he's an architect but you are a builder you need to build he designed everything gave you the the raw materials but it's time for you to build it's time for you to build and that's why i'm obsessed about it because i want to be found in my life as some of older lions in here moving forward still full of passion still and looking back at my life and saying I served my God well I ran the race well I wasn't perfect I made mistakes every great person we read here in the Bible made some mistakes only Jesus didn't make mistakes every person made some mistakes great people they made some mistakes it's okay but we want to still follow this path to greatness so seven points, seven points I read here. And first one, it's very, so how, how to fulfill, what is the help? I just, first half an hour I spend on telling you it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, it takes blood. The, the lion that I show you had some scar tissues. It takes, sometimes life is unfair. Sometimes people will laugh at you. Sometimes people will not understand you. Sometimes people at work will not understand your faith. But what help do we have? And first help we have, I see, 5-4. So this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Faith. Number one is faith. Hey, you have faith. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, if you believe in His name, you were born of God and you overcame the world. And you need to claim it and you need to believe that it's yours. That's faith when you know that it's yours. You are fighting from a position of victory. I want to repeat this one again. You are fighting from a position of victory. It's a totally different animal to fight from a position of victory. Your faith that Jesus gave you victory is something very powerful. You're not fighting as a, as a I know you have weakness. But you're not fighting as a weak person. Which was born from God overcame the world. You are fighting from a position of victory. And the position of victory is who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So number one is your faith. But then number two, and that's a tough one for me. <laughs> and I think it's a tough one for each one of us. So this is he who came by water and blood. And not only by water. You know, water, it symbolizes baptism. Yeah, baptized in water. We are baptized in water. If you, are, uh, if you believed in Christ, even today, if your faith is growing and you believed in Christ uh, and you, you proclaim Him 
with your mouth and, and you invited him to your heart as your savior, as your Lord, you need to get baptized. And baptized for me represents dying for yourself. It represents that you are dying and then you are out of water. Do you remember the day of your baptism? You know, you are baptized. You died for your desire. And you are back again. So number two, A is faith. But number two, and I know so many of us, we are still struggling with it. But we need to die for our idea of our destiny. For our idea of success. For our desires of success. You all have some kind of picture of you being successful in the future. But you need to die for it. And then God can fill you up with what he has for you. So number two, you need to die for your desires. Your desire can be, doesn't have to be necessarily good, uh, bad. But God might have something totally else prepared for you. <laughs> Remember Noah? <laughs> I, I was tw- 29. I think I said it before. I was 29 and depressed and Noah asked me why. And I told him, because I don't own an airport. <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I read about this young lad in a, in a newspaper in that time and... and uh, and he owned the airport and he was 21 and I was like, and I don't even own a house. <laughs> I don't own a car. <laughs> I, I own a TV. <laughs> so sometimes you can have a, a, a desire that is totally not from God. Like, you know. So you need to die for your desires, number two. Number three, number three we were saying already. So baptism of blood. And by this I'm just saying be prepared for suffering. Following God, you need to be prepared for suffering. That's all. Jesus never said that it's going to be easy. Never. He said, if I suffer, you will suffer. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. He said, I will bless you. You will have blessings, but with blessings you will have what? Persecution. Don't get... I think... I think Noah was preaching about it also, about false teachers. Don't, and, and, and then we, I think a week ago we were speaking about it. Now we have, in, in that times, we, uh, they had so many teachers, you know, and, and those teachers, they, they would say so many things that Jesus w- wasn't God and all this stuff. And, and, and that's why John was actually saying, like, be, be aware of them, Antichrist, yeah? Uh, uh, teaching against the Christ and, and th- them false teachers, Hey, nothing new. We actually have much more crazy teachings now than ever before. And don't get fooled with teachings which tell you that it's, it's going to be only blessing. From God it will be blessing, but the character and the, the life you are going through, the process you are going through, if you want greatness, if you want to fulfill what God has for you, you'll go through pain. So be prepared for pain. And... and <coughs> There's something about being prepared. For, it's not that you are waiting for pain. We broke the spirit of fear. I don't want you to walk in the spirit of fear and waiting. What's going to happen to me now? Now God's going to test me like Job. Oh, it's, it's going too well. Uh, probably I'm going to break my leg tomorrow. You know, you, you don't want to walk in this. But being prepared for pain gives you some safety. When things happen, you go to God, not blaming God straight away. Like Job didn't blame God. You know, his wife, she she was saying, blame God. And he wouldn't blame, at least straight away. You don't blame God. You say, God, I give myself into your hands. I'm going through some stuff I don't understand. What's going on? But I'm, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to trust you. It's painful. And, uh, you know, some of you, you went through crazy pain. I know. And you are still here, so, so, um, so it's God's grace. It's God's grace. You're still here. You're still here. I, I, when I think about my pain, I, I went through some pain, but, but you know, sometimes I think like some people went through crazy pain, and, and that, that's why I admire some of you so much. I won't call names anymore, but, but I admire you as you were going through a process in your life. You know, you trusted God and you gave testimony. You were here at the, at the front and you just said, God is still with us. You know, that's amazing. You, you, know, you know who I'm talking about. You know, so, so I am, <laughs> I am uh, maybe not impressed, but privileged to be in the same church with you. Uh, number four, we have 
we can read about it. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because Spirit is truth. We have the Spirit. Remember, Christian people, we have the Spirit. It is so sad that so many Christian people today, they walk through life in a very natural way. What I mean by that, you have a supernatural helper in you and you forget that you have him. And you, you I don't know, are you not aware sometimes? Or maybe you, no one taught you, you have Holy Spirit with faith in Christ comes Holy Spirit. You can be filled with Holy Spirit even today and you can pray in tongues and you can pray in, in the Spirit and you can be empowered. I spoke with Terry and he was telling me about mission and about some crazy stuff they went through also in, a, a, I think it was Syria and then it was India and then, then some poverty and uh, really bad situations. And I'm like, how did you go through it on the airports and everything? And he's like, I was just praying. Like, I didn't know what to do. What a, it's kind of mechanism. I pray. I pray in the Spirit. When something goes wrong, I pray in the Spirit. And I think this is what I discovered in the last year. When I go for a meeting, I, sometimes I have some meetings that are challenging for me. When I have situations with co-workers, when they fight or they, they fight with me and I don't know how to manage them, I pray in the Spirit. I pray. And it's kind of like something that it's very natural now. I just pray in the Spirit. It's good time, bad time. I pray in the Spirit, I pray, I pray, and it empowers me. And it's so sad that so many Christians, they walk through life without knowing that you have a supernatural help, that you don't have to go through life in a natural way because you are not out of this world. You overcame the world and you have a Spirit that is so powerful in you. Imagine Spirit of God in you. Oh, Just think about it, Spirit of God in you, God in you, that empowers you, empowers you to do craft, empowers you to cast out demons, empowers you to heal people, empowers you even to talk with people in an easy way and say, hey, I know it's tough, I know you hate church maybe, but God loves you. Simple things, you do it by the Spirit. Number four. Number five, power of the word. I'm going to go very fast, but in this text we can read again that, that there are three who bear witness and there's the Father, there's Holy Spirit, but there's the Word. And the Word, we know that the Word is Jesus. He was at the beginning, but also the Word, the Word was created by the Word. And we have the power of Word in our mouths. We can use our words in a positive way. Your sister was preaching amazing that time. She was preaching about, Rachel was preaching about the power of words and how our words can choke us down, can put us down, can bring even sickness on us and can, can make us thrive and can make us fulfill our destiny, can make us go into another level. Words, we have words. You can use your words, hey guys, you can use your words in a powerful way. Three days ago, I met a guy at work one of a uh, guy who works with me and you know and he, he was always paranoid with viruses stuff like this and now it's this coronavirus and he said something like this he was really coughing and wasn't bad and uh, he uh, actually had to give blood to to uh, to the doctor he said like i'm gonna give blood to the doctor too because something's wrong with my stomach he said you probably won't see me uh, till christmas and he said it and I, i'm like don't even say it like i got angry I'm like, you say good words, like you're going to be okay. Don't say those words. But I see that the, our generation, they speak those words over themselves and then they, they are surprised that they are sick and not well because we speak, oh, I'm not going to live for it. Oh, probably I'm going to get sick this year. You know, why? Why would you say it? Speak health. You have the power of God. Speak, hey, it's going to be good. Speak those words. God gave you the power of words. Number five, number six. We have here in 8 and 9, we can read a lot about witness and uh, that God which has testified of his son, there's this testimony. And so I want to tell you, you have a testimony in you, but also you are a living testimony. You have a testimony on you, but people who work with you, they look at you, they look at you how you're going through pain. Hey, they don't want to hear you when everything is, goes well and... Uh, and you are going through a smooth life 
with a new car, with a new house. They usually get envy, envious and uh, jealous. But when you go in through things, they watch you and they want to see the testimony. And the testimony you give when you go in through problems, when you go in through pain, when you go in through blood, that's the testimony that changes their life because they're thinking, how is it possible that he's not still on depressing pills, that he's not depressed, that he's not in hospital, that he's still praising God. That's the testimony. So remember number six, you are a living testimony. Not only you have a testimony in you, God bears witness about the Son who is in you, and that's the testimony. You are a living testimony that God wrote. And, and it's going to be amazing to read. You know, we have the Bible, but in heaven we'll have testimony of our lives. We'll be, I don't know, was it a song today? We want to be the part of the story? Yeah, we want to be the part of this story. We want to be the part of this. I want to be the part of this. Really like this living testimony. And the last one, the easiest one, but it's so important. That's the, the last verse, and it's 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. I, another weapon, and very important weapon, is a helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. If you are attacked in your brain today, if you are attacked by them thoughts, if you are attacked by fear, if you are anxious in the morning, if you are anxious in the evening, if you don't know how you're going to survive this year, if you don't believe it's going to be better, if you are afraid of virus, if you are afraid of economy, put on the helmet of salvation and it will protect your head because you will know that you have eternal life. And there's something more. There's something more. Even if there's something that will wipe out the humanity, you won't be afraid because you will know where you go. There's this helmet of salvation, helmet of salvation. So seven points that God gives us to empower us. I said at the beginning, it will take everything. It will take blood. It's not only baptism of water. It's baptism of blood. But then, on the other hand, when we see seven points, seven faith, dying for your destiny, you, your desires, and uh, embracing God's desire, be prepared for suffering, power of the Spirit, power of the Word, you are a living testimony, and you have the helmet of salvation, you will be victorious. <laughs> There's no other way. There's no other way. So what I want to do, just I know it's so late, but this song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. If we can worship God and, and just praise God with this song and say it out loud, we are no longer, no longer, no longer slaves to fear. Whatever happens now, storms, four storms this year, this month actually, we are no longer slaves to fear. We break the fear over nation of violence. We break the fear over this virus that is coming, over economy that is breaking. We, fe we break this fear and we say we overcame the world. The scripture tells us those who were born of God, 